Throughout human history, societies have grappled with fundamental questions of how to organize themselves. Government does nothing as well or as economically as the private sector of the economy. Tech companies are actually taking over the world, and they're doing it with our government's help. But there also seems to be a growing awareness that they have become so big that they have too much power now. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and is gravely to be regarded. There's a hidden goal driving the direction of all of the technology we make. For well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that combines military, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific, technological elite. People all over this country are wondering whether or not this great country is evolving into an oligarchic society. This alternative vision argues that ordinary men and women are too small-minded to govern their own affairs, that order and progress can only come when individuals surrender their rights to an all-powerful sovereignty. Now we can see a new world coming into view, a world in which there is a very real prospect of a new world order, and today that new world is struggling to be born, the dream of a new world order. Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Foundations. My name is Joshua and today's episode will basically be an overview and a preview of what's coming up and where we're going with the show. So season two is, I believe, officially over now as of the last episode that I published. And this episode will be kind of an introduction into what's coming up next and possibly what's beyond that. So as far as what's immediately next... I want to take a little bit of time and do a short series on my personal opinion on current things. So overall with this show, I have done a lot of presenting information, presenting perspectives from other people and facts so that you can put the pieces together. And obviously I have my bias and I definitely pick and choose which perspectives and facts that I present based on what I feel like is missing out there that's not as commonly shared or known. And so I, I do that. And then I also have my personal beliefs as far as morality or my political views or whatever else. And so uh, that definitely filters what I present and the content that I put out there and the episodes that I do and all this stuff. But it's not strictly just my opinion, as well as the fact that all of season one was covering the evolution of our political system and political theory and then economics and monetary theory and then also the education system and ways of learning, that kind of stuff. And so it was fairly focused on what was being covered and the episodes had specific topics that I was doing and they were geared towards that overall picture. And season two is similar in that with the interviews I did and the episodes after that, I was specifically looking at this parallel between the Reformation and modern times and drawing out specific things about that. And so, again, while I insert my opinion here and there, it's definitely not just this is what I think about this topic. It was more presenting information that came from outside sources and then uh, a little bit of extra commentary and assessment from myself on top of that. And so what I want to do is take a few episodes. I'm not quite sure 
how many, maybe 10-ish, 12, I don't know, something like that, maybe less. We'll see. But take some episodes and go over some of the things that I have brought up, some topics and concepts I've brought up throughout the first two seasons and give my personal views on them and how I am treating them myself. So one of the things that I thought of was investing. That's something directly related to economics and monetary theory and cryptocurrency, even all these things that I have talked about here and there on the podcast. But I've never actually talked about things like stocks and the stock market and investing and gold and things like this. So uh, I wanted to do an episode on that as well as one specifically on cryptocurrencies. Obviously, I have covered blockchain and cryptocurrencies. I did the overview episodes of Cardano and PIVX and the extra interview with a guy from PIVX. And so I have covered some of that stuff. But again, I've never given my personal views on all the different projects and how I approach it and ones that um, I have put money into and that I use. And so I want to do an episode covering those types of things as well. And then another obvious topic would be SARS-CoV-2, the coronavirus. And that's something that I did a special series on, but specifically how it related to this parallel between the Reformation and modern times and these shifts that I was talking about. And I was drawing out those things and looking at it through that lens with that specific perspective. But I wanted to give my personal view on, uh, number one, the virus itself, covering topics like masks and fatality rates and things that you can do for preventative measures and other ways, immune system boosting and all this kind of stuff. And then also some more broad things about the coronavirus reactions, the Rona reactions and the impacts that those have had and these kinds of things beyond what I talked about in the previous series where I talked about some of these bigger shifts and institutional players and this kind of stuff. I want to talk a little more Um, from my personal perspective, what I personally see, what I believe, my personal opinion, these kinds of things about this stuff. And then the next topic that I wanted to do was one that was requested on Twitter. And that one was manufactured consent. So I'm actually going to be reading the book Manufacturing Consent by Noam Chomsky. And I will probably be doing some further research into that. But just the overall topic of manufacturing consent in general, and how things like the media and social media and the internet, as well as laws and regulations and all different kinds of things are used and have influence over people's views, their perspectives, what they want, what they are willing to consent to, as well as what they're asking for, the whole problem reaction solution thing that I've covered in the past multiple times, but similar to that at least, and this whole concept of manufactured consent. I want to do an episode on that and then also one on controlled demolition and building back better. That's a phrase that has come up, the controlled demolition on the more conspiracy side and the building back better is one that I've heard coming out of politicians and global groups currently. Uh, Given the current crisis that's going on, you've got the thing I've mentioned multiple times from the World Economic Forum about the Great Reset. It's kind of that mentality of building something new 
and different, but getting rid of the old and crashing the old first and how this works and how this is playing out, that kind of stuff. So I want to do an episode on that as well from, again, my perspective, what I'm seeing, what I would theorize at least. And then the other topic that I might do, just something else I'm really into, and it touches on topics I've mentioned before, and that would be things like homesteading and prepping, which is becoming more popular, especially now that the coronavirus has had such a big impact on the economy and food shortages and all kinds of things like this. So you've got the two sides of that, the homesteading side where you're being more self-sufficient, growing your own food, having animals, doing things of this nature, and then the prepping side of things where you're actually storing stuff up and preparing for what if a catastrophic event happened or some prolonged period that you didn't expect happened where you lost your job or everything shuts down or there are major lockdowns or who knows what, but prepping, storing food, that kind of stuff for that situation. I wanted to cover those things. And then another one possibly again would be permaculture. And that's something that I am personally really into. And a lot of the things that I am doing myself on my own little homestead with the gardens and the animals and these kinds of things are all oriented around permaculture. And that's something that fits in well with the mindset of all the other things that I cover in this podcast about keeping things fairly natural, how systems work together, doing things that are very sustainable and that increase self-reliance without having to manipulate in ways that are not natural, these kinds of things. And so I might do an episode on that as well. Again, those are both a little more sidetrack topics, but they do relate. And I have done episodes when I did the episodes on agorism. I did some on those as well. And that's another topic that I am considering, but I think I'll push that into the next series, Agorism. I think that's going to be a big part of season three, I guess. And speaking of season three, I think I know what I'm going to do for that, but I'm not positive. I have two options here, and if anybody has any opinions or requests, you're welcome to share those with me because I have not chosen yet. The two options. Number one would be to do a whole season on the topics of mainly technocracy and cybernetics and these things and digging fairly deep into what that is, what that looks like, how that could play out, these kinds of things. Obviously, I have talked about this somewhat in the previous two seasons, both of them, but I have never really dug in deep into these and gone into the details and actually looked at how this type of system would work out and look at it from a more cybernetics approach and studying the workings of a society and how that's set up and how all these things relate, all this kind of stuff. And so that's a possibility. I might do a whole season on that. But more likely, what I'm leaning towards is one that I probably will lose some listeners over and probably gain some over, but I'm actually independently working on a book. And it is one that is looking at roughly the idea of Christian agorism. And it's taking biblical concepts and looking at the Bible and pairing that with things that are secular concepts and historic concepts and philosophy. And it's tying in a lot of the same things that 
I have covered and am looking at covering, and uh, technocracy is one of those things. So on one hand, this would be something that would have a religious overtone in the sense that I am pulling from the Bible, and I will be taking the perspective of the Bible being something useful that we can gain wisdom from and insight from and use to help assess society and make plans for things. Uh, At the same time, I am also tying in plenty of secular topics, and that's kind of the point is to use different historical concepts and philosophical constructs and perspectives and tying all these things in together with the Bible being one of those as well. You've got this idea, especially of the kingdom of God. It was something that Jesus talked about a lot in his teachings. If you read the Sermon on the Mount, that is one that talks a lot about that. That's the first thing that it is said Jesus went around teaching was he was teaching about the kingdom of God. And the whole idea of the kingdom of God is really a good parallel for agorism, which is something I have covered before and would like to get more into, and I am personally trying to apply in my life more. And the idea of agorism is working outside of the system. It's very individualistic. It's all about building relationships and individual human action. And so this idea of the kingdom of God is actually the same thing. It's the idea that people who are coming on board with this Christian perspective and orienting their lives towards this and actually putting it into action, the way to do this, it is taught, is to do it on an individual basis, building relationships, working with other people personally and individually. And it's this idea of this whole group of people doing this together are building out a kingdom. And it's a kingdom that is within another kingdom. So for example, at the time of Jesus, this would have been a whole group of people following the same ideology built around this idea of what I would call now agorism, but doing it together as a group, but under the authority of Rome. It's not like they were breaking away from Rome and starting a new state. It's not like they were trying to overthrow Rome. It was this idea of even though they were under the jurisdiction of the Roman Empire, they were living their lives in such a way that they were able to operate operate outside of the system and apart from the system. And I think there is a lot to learn from this strategy and this concept of I would call it Christian agorism or biblical agorism or kingdom agorism. I don't know what I want to call it. We will see. But if I go this route, that's what I will be covering. And to give you kind of a preview, I've got a rough outline of the first introductory section of the book that I'm doing. And it goes into some Greek concepts. So looking at things like the trivium would be one thing, the grammar logic rhetoric. It's something I have covered in other episodes briefly, but getting more in depth into that as well as things like the concept of the logos, which was a Greek concept that also is the first sentence in the book of John, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. If you've heard those phrases before in those verses, the word for word is logos. And there's also a Hebrew word for word, and that would be debar, and that's what's used for the Ten Commandments. It's actually not commandments, it's the Ten Words, and it's a similar concept. It's a word that says word and means word, but also means more than just word. Um, and so I, I'll get into that. But these, uh, it's more philosophical concepts here coming from the Greeks, a little bit from the Hebrews and applying that to biblical aspects and interpreting it through this lens of 
applied agorism, I guess, would be the idea. Uh, another topic would be human action, getting into Mises and his book, Human Action, and overall just the concept of human action, individual action, looking at things from that perspective. Um, William H. Smith is another person. He wrote uh, the book, roughly, Technocracy. It was kind of a compilation of some other things that he wrote. But I want to go over him, mainly for some more philosophical concepts that he covers than the actual idea of technocracy. But I also do want to do technocracy as well. And so it's kind of both of those. But he talks about the drives, the human drives that drive us to do what we do. And he talks about the will to take, the will to make, the will to control. And there are a few others there that he discusses. And he says that these are the drives behind humans. Humans have these drives. We have these instincts. We have these goals. And there are some common ones that we can draw out. And his final one would be the will to know, and that gets into the idea of leading a technocracy through experts that are governed by this will to know and all this stuff. Uh, I mentioned this, I believe, at the end of the interview I did with the Panoptic podcast hosts, uh, but I didn't obviously get into too much detail. And I want to get into that as just a concept. Again, it's, I guess, a little more philosophical, but this idea of human drives and then the idea of technocracy that he proposed, and then also getting into technocracy talking about some other people and some other aspects. There was an essay by Woodrow Wilson that talks about this. You've got The Republic by Plato, if you want to go way back. You've got the technocracy movement in the 30s out of Columbia University. You've got lots of different options here. So I'd like to talk a little bit about that and how these different views differed as well as how they are the same and how it kind of draws out this idea of technocracy and what that means. So I want to get into that. Then there's also an idea of patterns and ages that I've kind of drawn out from all this stuff. So there is a a biblical pattern that repeats through a lot of the biblical stories, especially through the Old Testament. And this is something that, again, you can either look at it from a purely religious standpoint that all of this is true and all this is fact and all these stories are truly the history of the Israelite people or some people, even some people that say they are Christians, look at these as more allegorical and uh, stories that tell uh, a moral story and have a moral point but may not completely be 100% true. Uh, However you want to look at that, uh, I leave that up to you. Obviously, I have my own opinions and I'll probably share those. But um, regardless, there's an idea of a pattern that goes through the Bible, through these stories, and a pattern of chaos and then uh, God speaking and water being involved and... Uh, it basically ends in an episode of temptation and it's this pattern that happens over and over and over again. And so I want to look at that pattern, but also pair that with a concept that I came up with personally out of the ideas of William H. Smith. He has these drives of humanity, like I mentioned before, the will to take, the will to make, the will to live, all the different drives that we have as humans. And I applied those to ages of man. And then I applied this biblical pattern of kind of the historical Israelites and these patterns that they went through. And I overlapped all of these things, the drives of humanity, this biblical pattern through the biblical narrative, and the 
ages of man that I split into an age of survival, an age of religion, an age of empire, an age of economics, and an age of science, and kind of overlaid all these things together. And they actually fit extremely well, and it was really cool. And that's kind of why I kind of... uh, elaborated on that and really got into detail on that. And so I'd like to get into that, how all those fit, because that also not only does it show the history, but it brings us to where we are now and gives a good view and kind of some good evidence to show that this truly is where we are going in this shift into a scientific age, into an age of technocracy. Um, This is actually what's happening. And so kind of like the thing I did for season two, looking at the parallel between the Reformation and now, and I believe that has a lot of evidence to show that we are seeing some of these shifts now and get a rough idea of where we're going, just like season one was the same way. Covering the history of the education system really helps to see where we are today and why and where we are likely going from here. So uh, doing all this with all these different ages of man and bringing in all these different constructs and ways of looking at it and patterns. And so I want to do that. I want to do a little bit on cyclical history and what that means and how that fits and what the limits of that are, because not everything I would say personally is cyclical, but there is a cyclical aspect and a cyclical pattern. And then getting into how that pattern plays out in reference to these things that I'm talking about. So applying that perspective overall to the kingdom of God and that aspect that I talked about earlier, that concept in general, and then also the digital reformation parallel like I did last season and how that plays into this whole idea of cyclical history and the ages of man and all of these different parameters that I've set up here. And all of this takes us into the idea of technocracy possibilities, because since we don't live under a true technocracy right now, there is no such thing as the technate as far as we know. There are many possibilities for how that might play out, what that might look like, how that would be constructed. And I broke those apart into what that could be and what that could look like. And I brought in some allusions that I thought were very relevant. I talk about things like Brave New World and Plato's Republic and 1984, the idea of the Panopticon. Um, I honestly can't remember all of them, but uh, I, I have these ideas and these concepts that were brought up in some fictional, some historical writings, mostly, and concepts and how they fit in with the idea of technocracy. Some of it's obvious and some of it's not. And so I kind of break down what the possible technocratic systems might look like, how they would play out, what the options are, what's most likely, what we're in now, what we're getting to, um, all these kinds of things. And so talking about those tech technocratic possibilities, technocracy possibilities there. And then after that, I get into some other concepts, basically, what are the alternatives to this technocracy that is definitely coming in some form or fashion. And this gets into idealism and anarchy, different views on anarchy and different views on idealism and idealistic systems and what drives them, these kinds of things. And also looking at some religious aspects, again, some biblical concepts and applying that as well as uh, left-leaning anarchism, as well as the right-side anarcho-capitalism, which I've talked about before, and talking about the collective versus the individualistic society being ruled by markets versus being ruled by an ideology versus a religion, all these kinds of things, um, talking about that, and then getting into the concept of agorism and applying that not only to 
the role in the lives that we play now in the here and now, but also how that could play out on a bigger scale, how that meshes with these other concepts that I'm talking about, about idealism and anarchy and the biblical kingdom of God and these cycles of history and these patterns and where we're going, all these kinds of things, kind of tying all this stuff in together. And then the final section on this book that I'm doing and possibly season three of this podcast would be on the Christian perspective of the state. And so that's something that obviously not everyone will be able to relate to. But if you could relate to the moral arguments against the state that I did near the end of season one, about three fourths of the way through, I did the arguments against the state. And one of those was moral. Well, that's similar to what I'm talking about here. And then applying that to how do you act if you believe that the state is immoral, and you might have religious reasons. And that's where I'm coming from this perspective, biblical religious reasons like biblical based morality. But uh, a lot of people that I've heard that are on the libertarian or anarchist side, they have very similar moral problems with the state, that the state doesn't have the right to infringe on other people's lives, on their property, telling them what to do, that this is a moral issue. And so the idea is, well, then how do you act in response? Because you've got all these options. You can rebel, you can create your own state, you can try to change and alter the state. There are many things. You can just work outside the state and ignore the state, more of an agorist-type mentality. But what are all these options and what do they look like? And how does this apply to all these other things that I've talked about? Then getting into discipleship and action. It's this idea of one-on-one relationships, building relationships with people, teaching people, guiding them. That's, that's the idea of discipleship and action, actually putting this into practice and how building these relationships and working with people on an individual level. And again, it's tying in all these other things like human action, for example, individual human action, but also agorism and also uh, trying to live this idealistic view and all of these things. But how do we put that into action? And I believe that will be the final bit in the book. I've got two other, three other sections. I've got one on the religion of statism. And so if you remember the last episode I did for season two, that was the episode was basically the religion of statism. And so I've got a whole section on that that's probably a little more drawn out than the one episode that I did, but I probably won't feel the need to repeat that, as well as I have a final section in the book on the early church and what they believed about the state. There were a lot of people that believed that the state was immoral, that it was unbiblical, that as a Christian, you couldn't be a member of the state, you couldn't be an authority, you couldn't be a soldier, you couldn't even be a teacher. And there are a lot of quotes that I pulled and uh, sections out of different writings where I talk about the view of the early church and their view of the state and an individual's uh, responsibilities as well as uh, leniencies to what they can and can't do or should and shouldn't do in regards to interacting with the state and what that looks like. So I wanted to bring in some historical evidence to show, hey, there are other people, lots of other people that have wrestled with these ideas. What did they say? What was their opinions? So that I can show that, hey, it's not just me being crazy thinking about these things. Uh, this is actually how the first Christians looked at things. These are ideas they wrestled with, and some of them at least had these opinions and were living out this idea of Christian agorism or the kingdom of God. And it's all from this perspective of what I cover on this podcast from a more 
anti-state or non-state perspective, I guess, apolitical, not necessarily anti-political. And that's the view of the book that I'm doing, as well as, uh, I believe, season three of the podcast. And one of the reasons is because that actually includes a lot about technocracy and looking at things from more of a cybernetic perspective and uh, getting into things like actual action steps that we take and we can do and options we have and agorism. These are all the things I really want to get into. And I've kind of started building on these ideas already because that is the introduction to the book that I'm doing. And so since I've already done a lot of this research, I've written a lot of this stuff out, I have an outline here. I think it's something that fits really well with this show and where I want to go with it, as well as it's something that I have good access to. And I've done a lot of research on already. And it's some very solid content. I believe that through season one and two, I've kind of brought us up to speed on all of the background and foundational information that you need to be able to look at society and assess things and assess the state from a realistic perspective and know some of the history behind this, know some of the philosophical uh, theories and concepts and political theory and economic theory and monetary theory, uh, the education system, what is wrong with it, what might be lacking in your own personal education. And none of it's the full extent of everything by any means. You're not going to be fully educated on the, all this stuff by just listening to two seasons of my podcast, but you are going to have the basic information, the basic concepts down, and you will be able to direct your research and your study and your own personal education, I think, very well if you have gone through both of these seasons and you'll have a clear perspective on what's going on in the world, what to look out for, where we might be going, and things should pop out to you that might not have otherwise because a lot of these things that I have presented and historical content that I've put into play are things that aren't necessarily taught in most public classrooms and you probably haven't come across very much. Not that they aren't out there at all, but uh, they are very uncommon, I should say. And so since all of that more background and foundational information has been laid down, I want to get into stuff that's a little more philosophical, that's a little more actionable, which is interesting because philosophical is at times the opposite of actually taking action. But uh, obviously, they have a lot to do with each other. And so I want to get into that. I want to get into some more original stuff that is from me personally, that isn't just relaying what everybody else thinks about everything else, but uh, taking some concepts from all of these different areas, philosophy and history and religion and all of these things and bringing them together, building structures to analyze society and where we are, where we're going, all of this stuff and creating some original content on these types of things. So that's my plan. And the more I talk about that in this current episode right now, the more I am getting pretty solid on the idea that that's probably what we're going to do. So um, also, you may realize if you listen to these episodes as they come out that this one is a day late. So I apologize. I have had a lot going on. We're going on vacation and leaving tomorrow morning at 4.30 in the morning. So it'll be a little crazy. But with that, 
I didn't really have a lot of time. We've been doing a lot of stuff and I wasn't feeling very well yesterday. And so I wondered if I was starting to get sick and it, yeah, all kinds of stuff was going on and I wasn't able to get this out. And so now I have. So as I said, the next section will be more the personal series on, hey, this is what I think on these specific things that are going on right now. And this is what I'm personally doing on stuff. That's my next series, more of my personal takes on things going on. And then we'll get into season three which will likely be uh, these concepts in that rough outline that I gave about the book that I am doing and tying in these aspects of agorism and cyclical patterns and historical patterns and uh, the relationship between the individual and the state. Uh, thank you, Obama. The quote that I play of him oftentimes for the intro where he talks about society has always wrestled with this idea of the relationship between the individual and the state. And I really like that. That plays in really well with this stuff. So uh, that will likely be season three. I will probably actually use Obama's quote for that. Thank you, Obama, again. And so that's it. I am done explaining what we are doing with this podcast and what the next series will be as well as season three. Hopefully that gives you a good idea. If you have things that you really want added, especially in this next series, if I am going to be giving my personal views on current things that are going on, that is your time to request certain topics or certain things that you want me to elaborate on. Usually in the first two seasons, at least, I've had a specific structure, a specific outline, and I didn't really get out of that. I did the update episodes in season one where every fourth episode, I guess, had some of that random content in it. I didn't do that at all in season two, and I don't plan on doing that at all in season three. So if there's something that you want, typically it wouldn't have fit in in the middle of my seasons because they are so structured, but I've got this series I'm doing now where I can fit those things in. So again, I did get the request on Twitter from Rachel about manufactured consent, and so I'll do that episode on that. And if there's anybody else that has something specific, please get it to me. You can send me a message on Twitter, or you can just email me our foundations at protonmail.com or at foundations pc if you're looking on twitter again all this stuff always is in the show notes so with that thank you very much for listening i really appreciate all of your support and the people that have been following this show this podcast in general it definitely gives me encouragement that people are interested in these things and willing to dedicate time to learn more about these things and open your minds to different perspectives and I think this is something that is very good for us as individuals and a good sign for society as a whole that people are into this kind of stuff, not just this podcast. This podcast is by no means something that is great and grand and uh, popular to any great degree. But when I look at a lot of the other podcasts that I listen to that have thousands of people that listen to every episode, uh, things like maybe the Corbett Report or looking at Freeman Beyond the Wall or the Peace Revolution podcast that um, isn't really going on now but was and had a decent following. A lot of these things where I've learned a lot of things from and I see that lots of other people are into this and consuming a lot of this type of content. It's very encouraging in general. So thank you for my specific listeners. Um, and then also I'm just encouraged by this more broad trend of people getting into this kind of stuff and listening to this and taking the time and the mental energy. That's something that I really think bodes well for some of society at least. So thank you again for listening. Please come back next time as I get into the next episode. Peace. 
This has been another episode of Our Foundations Podcast. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Yeah. Thank you. Goodbye.